Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Ready to Pop, your ultimate guide to pregnancy from conception to labor with me, Caroline Foran. For this episode, I am joined by clinical psychologist, Dr. Mally Coyne, to talk about something very, very important and something very dear to my heart, and that's coping with anxiety, particularly during pregnancy. Mally, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. It's great to, to, to be on with you. It's fantastic. Unfortunately, we can't be together in person right now because at the time of recording, we're still in lockdown. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that by the time I've shared this out, and people are listening, we're somewhat through the other side. Um, and I think, I mean, pregnancy is an anxious enough time as is. So being pregnant throughout this pandemic has definitely been interesting, to say the least. Mm-hmm. I'm dying to hear how it's been for you. <laughs> well, do you know what? It's actually been, I don't, I, because I've never been pregnant before, I feel like I don't really have a term of reference of what kind of level of anxiety I'm supposed to have right now. Um, and I would feel like when it comes to my own coping with anxiety, when I'm actually faced with something and I'm and it's here and we're dealing with it, I'm better than when I'm wondering what if, you know? So with the pandemic, we know what we're supposed to be doing. It's it's not an idea. It's actually reality right now. And sometimes I think, I think people kind of either worry about the small stuff and can cope with the big stuff or are fine with the small stuff and can, can't cope with the big stuff. And I think I'm someone who can cope with the big stuff as I've only learned kind of now. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we talk about pregnancy anxiety and how to manage it, can you just give the listeners a bit of insight into your background and your experience with, with children and anxiety and pregnancy and anxiety? So I work as a clinical psychologist um, with the health service and I'm also a lecturer in uh, the university. And I have a particular interest in working. I've been working with kids and families for the last 20 years but I have a particular interest in perinatal anxiety, which perinatal is basically from the time you're pregnant until a year after you have your baby. Sometimes definitions of perinatal go extend beyond that, but it's usually a year after you have your baby. And I'm really interested in that from the perspective of a psychologist who sees children and and parents and the importance of... um, parents being well, mothers being well, but also their partners supporting them and people around them supporting them, but particularly mothers being well, so that they're then able to, you know, engage in that all-important relationship with their babies when the baby is born, because the first three years of a baby's life, and I'm not trying to freak people out here or anything, but it's like those, that's like when 90% of their brain develops Yes, there's plenty of time for brain development after that, but it's a pretty critical time. And so that's why I'm like my my specialty in the last few years has become kind of perinatal and infant mental health, which is basically the mental health of the baby for the first few years of life. But that will always relate to the mental health and the the emotional health and the physical health of the mother um, and of the people around her. So it's a really, really important time for us to focus on 
Mm-hmm. And for for a lot of people, they might have never experienced anxiety to the extent that you or I are familiar with it. Um, and then they find themselves pregnant and there's all of the different changes in hormones and everything. And suddenly they're confronted with feelings of anxiety and separate to what's actually happening, you know, about the fact that you're going to become a parent or you're going through some physical changes. The presence of anxiety alone is can be unnerving when you haven't dealt with it before. So do you think in your in your experience and your work, is it very common for anxiety to kind of rise to the surface when someone's pregnant? Yeah, I mean, there, there definitely are, like, I think anxiety and pregnancy go, go hand in hand and worries and pregnancy, because especially if it's a new experience for you, I'm, I'm just thinking back, I suppose I, although I did have experience as an anxious child, but um, when, when you become a mum, or when you, be, when you become pregnant, it's such a new experience. And it's, it is kind of natural in a way to be worried about, you know, all these physical changes happening to your body, these hormonal changes that are going on. You're wondering, am I going to be a good mom? How am I going to be able to look after a baby? Is this normal, this symptom that I'm having right now, whatever I'm feeling right now? There's also like, you know, you're more likely to have anxiety if you have had anxiety before. I mean, we kind of know that already, that if you have a pre-existing, you know, anxiety before you were pregnant, you are more likely to experience like, you know, anxiety when you are pregnant. And also like one of the questions I always ask parents is, was this an expected pregnancy or was it was it planned or not planned? Because I think it's really important in the beginning of a child's life to know like what in what kind of what type of environment did they enter before mm-hmm. they were born? In in what you know, how was the mum and the how were the parents before that? Were there relationship problems, financial strains? Was this a baby that they expected or didn't expect? All those things are really important. But actually, I read something that was really interesting that said um, that anxiety during pregnancy, like a milder form, is actually like it's a good thing. And we talk a lot about it in your owning it book about, you know, rather than kind of like pushing anxiety away, kind of welcoming it. But actually, it's good in a way that pregnant mothers experience some level of anxiety because it means they're more likely to maybe engage in behaviors that are good for them, their physical well-being, their emotional well-being, and their babies, but also that they they start to kind of get into that mode of keeping their baby safe um, and keeping themselves safe. And it's almost like you become a mum the second you get that positive pregnancy test. I don't know, did you feel that yourself? Yeah, definitely. I, I haven't had a panic attack in so long and I think I've done obviously done so much work on myself and understanding anxiety and accepting it and embracing it and not being afraid of the presence of anxiety in my life um, and I think I probably got to the point where I thought oh I'm beyond that <laughs> and you know we're never really beyond it our stress response can be compromised and you know you always use the phrase vulnerability factors that are at play um, and obviously when you're pregnant you're you're in a, you're vulnerable because you're you're pregnant and I did I was very sick for the first few months and that was that was a, a big anxiety driver of its own but then one of the first days that I felt okay again and we went out to a gig and I hadn't been in that environment environment in such a long time and there was a lot of people and I felt I would have been fine before in crowds I never really would have been agoraphobic or anything and I kind of I, I kind of rationalize it now that I felt this need to protect 
myself and my baby and it was also it was also at the beginning of the pandemic but I just felt very unsafe in that environment being around a lot of people I felt trapped and it it was uh, it was a reaction that I don't think I would have had if I wasn't pregnant but luckily for me I have enough experience with anxiety and compassion with myself to be able to say okay this makes sense you know I a couple of years ago I would have said oh my god what is wrong with you you need to stay here and prove to yourself that you're fine you're you're losing the plot you know whereas now I'm grateful for my experience of anxiety because I was able to say do you know what this doesn't suit me I don't really want to be here with my with my bump and my pregnancy I've I've, I haven't been in this environment in a long time and it's not even my idea of a good place to be at the best of times anyway so I was lucky that I had that response but I think for a lot of people there's there's obviously anxieties that you can put your finger on when you're pregnant such as worrying about how you're going to feel worrying about how what kind of mother you're going to be or or all those very normal worries about I don't even know how to change a nappy I don't know how to do any of these things they're worries that you (laughs) but they're worries that you can put your hands on but I also think what's what people need to, to know about is that your general reaction to things and your your stress response and your you know, where you sit normally might just be different purely because of the hormonal changes that are going on. So I know that, well, maybe I reacted in that situation more than I would have before because of, you know, everything that's happening. I'm in this protective cocooning mode. And I think so. So I think it's really important for for women to know. And I guess that's what I want to ask you is what's changing, apart from the obvious that you're pregnant and that you're going to become a parent, what's changing in the body and in the hormones and in the mind that might give rise to a more alert or vigilant state of mind well you know there are you know your 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 hormones are changing throughout your pregnancy and there's an increase in estrogen an increase in progesterone right up until you give birth and like this we were much more conscious of um perinatal kind of depression you know we talked a lot about depression postnatally possibly during pregnancy um, but the, the rise in progesterone, some women find they, they re, some women react in a less good way to that rise than other women. And that's what they found in terms of looking at um, depression during pregnancy. And again, it, it, it's the same for anxiety. And usually women that do have anxiety during pregnancy also have a level of depression during pregnancy that they kind of come they 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 come together because the anxiety can lead to kind of a low self-esteem which then can lead to moods so they do kind of co-occur um but they're still saying that anxiety during pregnancy is like the silent epidemic because people if you look up if you google anxiety during pregnancy and even anxiety after pregnancy there's not an awful lot on it Whereas if you Google postnatal depression or, you know, you will get an awful lot more on depression. So it's kind of like it's women's individual responses to um, progesterone rises in their in their bodies. But again, that's like the hormonal side of it. And then you've got the, as you said, the cocooning, the natural instinct of the mother to start kind of being aware of it's not just me anymore. It's me and my bump and my baby and you know, kind of feeling this protective instinct, which is because we're all animals at the end of the day. And, you know, it's really good that we have this protective instinct and it's your fear response circles. One is fear, one is drive, one is soothing, but it's your fear response um, 
your kind of emotional response getting heightened, which is a good thing. But for some uh, pregnant mothers, it's more than just the anxiety about, you know, maybe fleeting thoughts of how will I be as a mom or, you know, kind of what what is the symptom. When perinatal anxiety, kind of pregnancy uh, anxiety gets really kind of um, worrying is when it kind of like, uh, becomes quite excessive. The worries are becoming quite excessive. You start kind of having really negative thoughts that are more persistent. Um, and also you start avoiding places maybe, as you know yourself. And then you've got avoidance behaviors possibly. And then you've got, um, you know, your, your physical sensations in your body, the fight or flight response, which make you feel anxious. So there is a difference between normal worries during pregnancy and you know, where anxiety gets worse. But usually when we ca categorize anxiety during other times, we talk about these symptoms persisting for six months, but it's not kind of the same in pregnancy because, you know, they kind of talk more about if it's impacting on your daily life, these thoughts, these behaviors, um, these worries, if it's really impacting on you, that's when you know that there's an issue and you need some support around it. And I think, I guess the same with, with anxiety outside of pregnancy, maybe we're getting better at it now, but certainly when I first started to experience it to the point that it was crippling me, there was a lot of shame and stigma around it because I just, you know, how dare I, because I'm so lucky and I'm so fortunate to have the life that I have. And I think with, with, I felt in the beginning of my pregnancy when I was very sick and I honestly just felt miserable. Like my mental health was just on the floor. I wasn't excited. I didn't look pregnant. It was so far away from being something I could be excited about because I was at the beginning. I was sick every day. I was just existing. I felt depressed. I felt anxious because I just was thinking, I can't, people saying, oh, you'll feel better at week 17. And I was at week five and I'm like, oh my God, you know, that's a lifetime to me. And um, and I just, I just found that so hard. But I think what I found really hard about it was vocalizing that to my friends. And, you know, obviously I, I'm very used to talking about my mental health, but, you know, for there's so many women who struggle so much to get pregnant. And obviously it's a blessing if that's what you wanted to happen for your life. And, and I did want it to happen. We were trying and we were so delighted, but it's, it's an added anxiety then to feel like you shouldn't feel that way because you should feel grateful and lucky. Yeah, it, it, I, I hear what you're saying. And probably what's really hard for moms or for pregnant women is that sometimes they don't tell, you know, they, they don't tell the greater public until they're 12 weeks pregnant. They might just tell their close friends. And I, I would suggest anybody who's pregnant, even the, in the early stages, to, you know, like it's okay to tell the people you're really close to because those are the people that you would talk to if you had a miscarriage. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in, I had three pregnancies. Two of them were successful, thankfully. One of them in the middle, I had a miscarriage. And, but I had bleeding during the beginning, beginning of each pregnancy. And it, that in itself caused a lot of anxiety for me. Uh, because, you know, I was kind of like, oh, my God, what, what is this blood and what does it mean? And especially when you've had a miscarriage. So, like, you're really on tender hooks for the first few months, for the first three months. I found the second trimester of each pregnancy much better because you're kind of, you know that the pregnancy is, is, is there. You've, you've had the scan. 
you know, you know, whereas the first few months you feel like crap because you like the hormones. I mean, it's just, you know, for the, for the sickness, it's not morning sickness, it's all day sickness. And you're just unsure about whether this is going to happen or not. And I think the first few months, if for somebody else who may not have, who, you know, who may not have been expecting to be pregnant can be really difficult as well. So I think, um, I do, and, and then the surge in hormones for the first few months is really huge. And then the second trimester is when kind of things start to settle a bit and then the hormones start to surge again, leading up to childbirth. But I hear what you're saying about the shame, Caroline. And like, I think everyone's experience is, is unique and it's okay for anybody out there who might be feeling that way, that it's okay to feel like that. And it's, you know, a lot of, there, there can be a lot of stigma. They call pregnancy anxiety the silent epidemic as well, because very often women who are pregnant don't share their experience maybe of anxiety or depression with healthcare providers when they're asked or hopefully they're asked um, because they're afraid that they might be seen as not being able to look after their babies when the baby's born, or they might have this view of, you know, what if the social workers take my baby away or, you know, just this shame. Yeah. I kind of wonder, was that an aspect for you or? Yeah. Well, I went on medication for my anxiety a few years ago when I, it was very bad and um, to the point that I wasn't functioning. I wasn't sleeping I wasn't eating properly I wasn't able to leave the house and what felt to me then like the biggest weakness or um proof of lack of strength was now I can realize was such a sign of strength that I said Do you know what I, I need something else here I'm not benefiting from just going for a walk or having a chat with my mom I, I need something to bring me up to another level a level of of just normality for most people but I was just so 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 below that um, and I always was concerned that if and when we were to have a baby, would I have to go off that? And how would I deal with the fallout of that? And then luckily, I, I mean, I had this conversation several times with my GP. Um, I'd say about from two years, you know, before getting pregnant where I, I the, the, the anxiety medication that I'm on and I stayed on it because it was working for me was one that was suitable to be on during pregnancy and something I mean I think I still like even just yesterday I had to do a call with um, my mortgage protection because we're doing work on the house and you know they go through all the medical questions and they get to the question about prescription and I have to say I'm you know I'm on anti-anxiety medication and it's still even though I've done so much work on this and I try so hard to break the stigma I still felt that little sting of is he going to think I'm a riskier person, you know? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And then take that into pregnancy for me even to be sharing this podcast and to say that I'm on medication for my anxiety while I'm pregnant um, and how that would affect, I mean, I've done, I've asked my consultant, I've asked my GP several times and, and they've said that this particular medication I'm on, which is Prozac, is uh, perfectly safe and fine to, to stay on during pregnancy. And actually the worst thing I could have done was be to find out that I'm pregnant and come off it, you know, and deal with that. So I, I have felt very relieved in one way that I could continue to manage my anxiety in that way because it was really working for me. Obviously, it's not the only way I manage it. It's, it's never going to be a fix-all. It's it's one aspect and I still feel anxiety despite the fact that I'm on medication. But another side of it, I guess another anxiety driver was what would people think of me being on anti-anxiety medication or in, even like being in the hospital and, ask, and having been asked those questions and then they said, oh, you know, well, we should refer you to like the mental health team and I was like, oh no, like I'm fine. I'm, I'm coping fine and you know, me of all people to feel that kind of shame was terrible, you know, but, um, so yeah, that was, that was a struggle for me in, in like, you know, thinking, well, can I cope with myself, let alone cope with, with pregnancy or cope with a child, you know? And yeah, that's, re- that's really interesting. Cause it's almost like when you're pregnant, aren't you like under this microscope? It's like you go in and you see all these different people in the hospital and, the file is passed around from one to the other and you're kind of like going, you know, I know like I have anxiety and I take this medication that just helps me to keep it at bay, but it doesn't mean that there's something, you know, mega wrong with me. And I think we just need to try to kind of get reduced. So the, the nurses in the hospital have really said to me here is that anxiety during pregnancy is one of the biggest issues that they are facing with the mothers that come in so that it's a lot more common than we think. I mean, there was a study done in, um, in Trinity that it was called, it's called the MAMI study, which is great. It's M-A-M-M-I. And basically they have actually good videos on their website um, for perinatal anxiety. But they they said that it's about one in 20 women, but in the UK they say it's about one in 10. So it's kind of like, who know, you know, that experience like significant symptoms of anxiety during their pregnancy, more than just the common kind of worries, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it, it is a real issue. And I, and I know that they would be asking for things from psychologists like, you know, maybe some mindfulness classes or they do that anyway, because we, we constantly look at like, you know, when we talk talk about birth plans, I don't know, do you have a birth plan for instance? I, I don't because I find for, for me and for my anxiety, I, I find it easier not to over plan. And I don't, I'm not even, I haven't even been reading any of the books like what to expect when you're expecting because I will anticipate things going wrong. So my priority is to have the baby and it hopefully be as, you know, safe and well as possible I don't have any I, I I think then if I planned it too much and something went wrong that would create more anxiety so I don't have a birth plan and I don't know if that's the right thing to do but that's just where I'm at but that's where I mean literally I had a birth plan and it went out the window like my 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 ball my Pilates ball was in the car like you know having two c-sections and that's one in third of births in Ireland or one in fourth is a c-section and they they only cover that very briefly in the antenatal courses but it's actually a really common way of women having babies nowadays you know so um 
So I, I think it's really important that we don't just talk about, I suppose, you know, the, you know, how a woman is going to have her baby in terms of the breathing, you know, like the, the physio comes in to look at the breathing and the nurse talks about bringing you around the labor ward and all of that. But I think, you know, really kind of thinking about how women just generally, not even those with mega anxiety but just or depression, but just generally how we can support women who are pregnant so that they feel like when they have their baby, because I suppose now, I know for you, you don't feel comfortable maybe having a plan. Other women might. Um, but they do say that for women that are suffering from mental health issues when they're pregnant, that having some type of a kind of a well-being post-birth well well-being plan can be helpful and okay. i'm talking about things like um them writing down they're online there are some online that um if you just if you just type in my pregnancy and post-birth well-being plan that talk about things like um you know uh what are the types of who are the people i'm going to call if i need you know help with practicalities like shopping or tidying or babysitting or that kind of thing and what are the ways that I find helpful coping if I'm having a bad day? Um, and what kind of, you know, uh, it, kind of things like, um, like eating, I suppose the normal things like eating well, reminding yourself your best place for relaxing, healthy, easy foods you like to eat, ways you like to exercise and connect with other people, your early signs that I'm feeling bad, depressed, or too anxious. And I think that you touched on that there. I think one of the biggest the best ways of managing anxiety or depression or any type of mental uh, issue ment emotional issue um, whether you're pregnant or not pregnant is recognizing the signs and everybody has a different sign and I think you know what you know what may be your sign might be different than somebody else's sign but you knew in that gig that at that gig that night that you weren't feeling this wasn't feeling good for you. So you made the decision to leave. And so I think, you know, recognizing that is a really important kind of first step to realizing, okay, well, do I just, do I need to talk to a friend or to somebody I trust or do I need a bit more help? And do I need to let my GP or my midwife know that I'm feeling this way? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And it's very important to, to recognize the anxiety that is so par for the course during pregnancy. I mean, of course, you're going to feel a bit overwhelmed and knowing when it's too much and when to maybe, you know, ask for some more help. So what would you say on a day-to-day -day level just to keep your anxiety, you know, obviously it's going to be there. It might, it might, you might be the most chilled out pregnant person ever, but for me anyway, I, it's, it's helped me to be aware that, okay, you know, you're probably going to feel a little bit unnerved. What would be your sort of coping advice for just day-to-day -day anxiety during pregnancy? I think, you know, um, talking about it, first of all, if you're, you know, if there's one or even three people, they talk when they talk about these well-being plans, even post-pregnancy, but even during pregnancy, having maybe like two or three people that you can talk to, whether it be your partner or, or a friend or somebody that you really trust that you can just talk to about your feelings, you know, generally speaking. I think we're all such social beings that you know, resilience is all about facing a manageable threat and, and having somebody there to help us with that. And when you talk to somebody, you release that oxytocin, which is the beautiful bonding hormone when you have your baby. And I can't wait for you to experience mm -hmm. that. 
Um, but uh, yeah, just I suppose talking, and I know we all talk about talking, but it is really important to tell somebody how you're feeling and not to feel ashamed because it's okay, you know, it's okay to feel that way. Do you know that kind of way? It's really important, especially with kind of anxiety during pregnancy or depression that you do tell somebody as quickly as possible if you're, if it's really intrude, you know, in kind of, you know, difficult for you because it's going to impact on your enjoyment of that, of your pregnancy, first of all. And also it, it probably will impact more, you know, if you're, if you're very anxious during pregnancy and you haven't spoken to somebody about it, then when you have the baby, you know, the, the number goes up of, of anxiety postnatally, if you know what I mean. So they say one in 20 mothers have anxiety during pregnancy, although I think that figure is higher, but one in eight mothers in that mammy study is when you, when you have your baby, because there's, you know, it's very different when you have your baby, there's, there's, you know, in terms you're of exhausted the, and everything. You're exhausted. Yeah. So that's why having that plan before kind of knowing who you're going to, who you're going to call like Ghostbusters. Right. <laughs> but, um, and then finding, as, as you know, Caroline, you probably find yourself during pregnancy and it's lovely, especially during your first pregnancy when you can do this. I mean, I did it when I was during my first pregnancy, didn't really have much time during my second, but it's kind of like finding a release for yourself every day. You know, we, we do know that exercise can really, and I'm talking about gentle exercise, the kind of, you know, walking and kind of, you know, doing yoga and Pilates, I found really nice to kind of go to a class. I know it's really, it's hard now when people are in lockdown, but there are remote classes going on where you could do some nice, um, what I like about th that kind of pregnancy, uh, th those kind of things is that you, you, you get to put your hands on your belly and you really get to feel your baby and connect with your baby. Because don't you find that those kicks really start happening at night when you go to bed? You, you really feel much more when you're calm. Yeah. You don't feel it during the day when you're running around. Do you know what I mean? Um, what do you think yourself? Have, have you done any of that? For I, I have been doing, um, I, I guess as I always do, I, I try to do like breathing exercises and I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably not the best person for it. And I definitely would have described myself more as a, a crisis meditator where I would, when I feel bad, I would turn to it. And of course, in, in that scenario, you're not necessarily going to benefit. Crisis meditator. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's an oxymoron if I've ever heard it. That's Dermot Whelan referred to it as that when I interviewed him in that we wait until we're in a crisis to sit down and try and meditate. And of, and of course, we're like, oh, why don't I feel better? And it's about doing it when you feel well. So I have been doing um, yoga, like prenatal yoga, and um, that has had lots of breathing in it. And I, I, think, I think I'm in a good position in that I'm, I'm very aware. And the most important thing for me is to be accepting of the presence of anxiety right now and if I look beyond obviously the focus of this series is on getting to the point where you give birth but when it comes to anxiety it, it really is that so crucial to be aware of it in like you say just those that year afterwards really and um, so I think my when, when I look ahead to that time I'm trying to tell myself you know nobody knows what they're doing nobody has it all figured out you will find your rhythm you will be exhausted you will feel like what the fuck have we done what like we had a great life you know you will have doubts and I probably will f I know that I will feel really low at times but I understand the vulnerability factors that are at play that give rise to those feelings so I don't think I'll panic about the fact that I'm feeling panicked 
And I think my goal with people, I mean, obviously the anxiety is there for people. And my goal with my work is to try and work on the fear of the fear always and to help them say, okay, yes, you feel a bit afraid. You feel out of your depth. You feel, you'd feel like you don't have the resources within you to meet the requirements of your new lifestyle with you know but but it's temporary and something that we underestimate so much and I think we're learning now through the pandemic is our ability to adapt and but but that requires compassion and it requires patience and I think for for me those two things of of going easy on yourself and not expecting to there's, there's no there's no guidebook of how to be pregnant or to be so blissfully happy all the time um, and just to, to talk about it and to own it and to do what you know works for you so like I know for example that having loads of caffeine, which you're not really supposed to do when you're pregnant, it always stimulates my stress response more. And I don't need any more of that. So, you know, just to kind of, those very simple things that you can do to just keep it all in check. But for me, like, I really think it's important what you've highlighted about, you know, it doesn't, you don't just have the baby and then feel like, okay, all my pregnancy anxiety is gone, you know, and it's good. It's, it's not that you want to scare people, but it's good to kind of confront the likelihood of feeling out of your depth so that you can kind of put in plan, like you say, put your, your care plan in place and put in plan some resources that you know you can draw upon when you need to. And if you do that now, when you feel relatively okay, it'll be much easier to draw upon them when you feel a bit out of your depth. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I absolutely, I do. Because I think, you know, like for me, the first few weeks of having my first baby, I was like in a fog. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I was kind of like... um looking at the baby going, looking at my Jess going, oh my God, like I have to do this for how long, for how many years, what have I done? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Honestly, I just, I had, I had that moment, but then, you know, and, and it was really hard and tempers flare when people are not sleeping and stuff like that until you kind of start to find your groove. But I definitely, I definitely think this is probably a good time if, if you are experiencing low mood or anxiety to kind of when you're pregnant to actually push those plans into place. And I found an amazing resource actually online that was free and it's basically called coping with anxiety during pregnancy and following the birth. And it's a cognitive behavior therapy based self management guide for women and healthcare providers by BC mental health and addiction services. It's absolutely brilliant. It kind of, there's a separate one for depression, but this one deals with depression as well. And I just think it's, it's great that there are resources out there, whether you do something like that or whether, you know, there's, there, there are resources out there to kind of start focusing on that now, because it's really important that when you have your baby, that the focus is on trying to bond with your baby and, you know, if, if you're if you're not consumed by anxiety, then it'll be easier for you to just kind of be easier on yourself. I always talk about the good enough parent. You don't have to be perfect. You don't know don't have to know what you're doing. There's no formula for how you do it. There's also when you give birth, there's everyone has a different opinion about whether you should breastfeed, you shouldn't breastfeed, you can combination feed, you don't, and you're just wrecked trying to listen to all this information. And I talk about you know, tr trying to trust your gut instinct. It's hard to know what your gut instinct is when you're a new parent because you're only honing it. But you will get through this. You know, my mm -hmm. kids are six and eight now, and I almost can't believe that I that we got through it. You know, and it's not that it's all bad because it's not. It's there are so many beautiful, gorgeous moments. But this is an opportunity now when you're pregnant, if you're feeling not great, to actually go and get some help. And there's no shame in that at all. 
Mm-hmm. And Mally, thank you so much for your incredible advice. Before I let you go, you do have a book on the way this summer. And that will be a very incredible resource for when people become parents for, for like, and especially if they have experienced anxiety themselves, I think for me anyway, I think that when I have kids, I, well, I'm going to very soon, I will be in a, hopefully in a better position to understand their worries. Um, and that's kind of navigating um, child childhood anxiety as a parent is the focus of the book. Am I right? Yeah, it's basically, it's called Love In, Love Out, A Compassionate Approach to Parenting Your Anxious Child. And I, it's kind of like a compassionate approach to parenting yourself and your anxious child. That's why it's love in. It's kind of like, you know, it's, it's about pouring love into yourself and having self-awareness even of your own anxiety, your own feelings, that kind of thing, your own past and your childhood wounds. And then being able to respond to your child, kind of using the kind of strategies that they need for the situation they're in. I'm really excited about it. It's obviously been delayed a bit now because of the, the mm-hmm. lockdown, but it, it would help a parent of a child of any age, basically, Amazing. even small anxieties, because every child might experience even small little worries at one point or another. Yeah. And for anyone who wants to know more on that, we will be doing a separate podcast on my other series, Owning It, that will go into detail on, on that uh, closer to the time of your release. So thank you so much, Mally, for joining me. I, I've learned an awful lot. I'm going to go away and think about my post-birth self-care plan. And I really appreciate it. And I'll share the link to that document you referred to on the podcast notes. So thank you so much and take care. Thank you. 